You are Locked On Buckeyes, your daily podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Buckeyes fans? Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Buckeyes for the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jay Stevens, also the host of the Jay Stevens Podcast. And today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them locked on sent you. It is Thursday, August 19th in the year 2021. And no matter if you're listening to the audio version of the podcast or if you're watching us on YouTube, I want to thank you for making Locked On Buckeyes a part of your day. On today's episode, we're going to talk about a challenge for every single college football coach out there, as well as continue our Buckeye road trip around the NFL today, staying in Vegas with the Raiders, and today's player, Mr. Damon Arnett. But before we get to any of that, when the running backs were talking to the media yesterday, there was one thought, one question that came to my mind Will something happen this year for the running backs, two of them as a group, that has not happened at Ohio State since 2013? Well, not so much the running backs specifically, but just hasn't happened on the ground in the rushing game since 2013. Could this be a year that Ohio State has not just one 1,000-yard rusher, but two, we have heard all offseason long, and those of you that follow the recruiting trail, you know about exactly how good or the hype that comes around Travion Henderson and the hype that comes around Mr. Evan Pryor. Being the fifth guy in the depth chart on this team and the running back specific group, you in normal years may say the fifth guy is trash. The fifth guy is garbage. The fifth guy is just there filling a roster spot. Not this year. I mean, you can get four guys that, that could be legit, like, consistent players this year. Tony Alford mentioned a statement and said, all five guys will play. How much will all five guys play? I don't know. Due to NCAA changing the rules for redshirting, you can play four games and still redshirt in that season if you have not redshirted previously. Everybody now going national right now. De'Eric King, the uh, quarterback at the University of Miami, when he was at Houston his last year there before he transferred from Houston to Miami, his final year there, him and his receiver, one of his receivers, the best one of the team, the team started off really bad. And Dana Hogerson was the head coach, and they weren't really getting off to a good start. All of a sudden, they played the first four games. They decided to redshirt, stop playing. Literally, they quit in the middle of the season on the team, and they decided to say, well, we're just going to redshirt, not do anything. Next thing you know, they both they both ended up transferring Gear King now at the University of Miami. So that new rule, it's a wrinkle. It's there. And it's really interesting to think about how Pryor could get some run this year and still be able to still be able to redshirt uh, this year, true freshman. But I do, I do think he's really, really talented. But Mayan Williams, Master Teague, Marcus Crawley, Travion Henderson, Evan Pryor, all five of them will play. Will we see a combination of one of them have a combination of two having over 1,000 yards rushing on the season? Like I said, the first since 2013. Went back and looked at some numbers very quickly. 
In 2018, most recently, there were two guys that were close to both going over 1,000 yards on the ground. J.K. Dobbins, 1,053 yards. Mike Weber, 954. 2016, J.T. Barrett, 845 rushing yards. Mike Weber, 1,096. In 2000... Excuse me. 2016 as well, Curtis Samuel had... Curtis Samuel had 771 on the ground. 2014, Ezekiel Elliott, 1,878 rushing yards. That's insane. As well as JT Barrett, 938. Let that sink in for you really quickly. JT Barrett had a phenomenal run at the final of the Big Ten Championship, the semifinal game against Alabama, and then the national championship win over Oregon. That same year, the quarterback almost had 1,000 on the ground. The QB. Let that sink in for you. That's rare. That's tough. That I knocked JT Barrett for numerous reasons. But that dude was a beast when it came to rushing the football as a quarterback. 2013, Carlos Hyde, 1,521 rushing yards. Braxton Miller, 1,068 on the ground. The last time we had two 1,000-yard rushers on the ground was a quarterback and running back combination. The previous year after that, Braxton Miller, 1,271 rushing yards. Carlos Hyde, close, very close to doubling up that year. 970 rushing yards this season. With the way that the running backs are going to be looked at this year, and with the way that the potential offensive line will look with Petit Freire at left tackle, Mumford at left guard, Miller at center, Paris Johnson Jr. at right guard, and Dewan Jones, a mammoth of a human being at right tackle, 6'8", 360, maybe 370, uh, depending on what day you ask him and all those types of things, it's very likely that the map, that the mass up front and the way that Ryan Day approaches the season with a new quarterback calling the shots, maybe more emphasis on the run game early and late because it's really going to aid a young quarterback early, a good, strong running game because it gives him better positioning to make successful throws. It's very possible very possible that the Ohio State Buckeyes could have two 1,000-yard rushers on the ground, unlike the 2013 season when the second rusher was Braxton Miller, a quarterback. I don't think you're going to see a scenario where C.J. Stroud is the one rushing for 1,000 yards this year. He's very athletic in his own right. Don't get me wrong. But I don't believe that that thought this year where he is going to be the rusher the quarterback to do so. I don't think that's him. I also don't think Ryan Day's offense or Kevin Kevin Wilson's offense will flow in that way either. Go back with Kevin Wilson to the Indiana Hoosier football teams that he coached prior to coming to Ohio State, even the Oklahoma offenses back in the 2000s. You will find Kevin Wilson's offense, it's very pass-heavy, very efficient, and you, you move the ball very, very quickly. Also, you're going to find that the quarterback is not the is not the one to run the ball. Could there be two one thousand yard rushers this year? Absolutely. I think by about game four, five, and six, you're going to see more of a two headed monster with a third back in the mix. I don't think you'll see all five guys running the ball consistently throughout the season. I don't think even think you'll see four guys running the ball consistently throughout the season. I don't think that at all. I do think it'll be a one two possible three headed monster, but with two guys getting the bulk of the carries, who will the two guys be? A lot of you think it'll be Mayan Williams and Trevor Henderson with Master Teague in the mix. We'll wait and see. But no matter what the trio is or the combination is, this year could be a year that Ohio State has two guys with 1,000 yards on the ground. Let's step away very quickly when we come back. We will discuss a big challenge for every college football coach 
in America that plays under the NCAA guidelines. But first, check this out. Hey, guys. So there are a few things in life that just aren't fun to talk about. One of them is excessive sweating. You know, when you are sweating through your shirts for no reason, it's embarrassing, right? Some of you may know that I personally have dealt with this. When I speak in public, I can't help but sweat through my shirt. Now listen, I know this isn't life and death, and there are much worse problems in the world. But let's be honest, in the moment, it feels like a big deal. Nobody likes to pit out during an important speech, interview, or first date. God forbid. I'd much rather not worry about it, and that's why I use sweat block antiperspirant wipes. Sweat block is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime, go to bed. The next morning, you wake up, wash, and go about your day without worrying about sweat guaranteed. I know this will sound too good to be true, but I literally only have to use sweat block once or twice a week, and it keeps me dry the whole time. No more pitting out. No more picking my shirts based on which one will hide sweat better. If you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check out Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code Locked On or at Amazon or CVS. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. If this is your first time checking out Locked On Buckeyes, I want to say welcome. Or if it's your first time in a long time, I want to say welcome back. And make sure you subscribe to Locked On Buckeyes so you don't miss a beat on the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your fine podcast, subscribe there. As well as subscribe on the Locked On Buckeyes YouTube channel. That's YouTube. Hit the search engine and type in Locked on Buckeyes. It will take you to this podcast or the YouTube page for this channel. Subscribe so you don't miss a beat. A big challenge for every single college football coach this year. You have to follow, well, not to follow, you have to do this all the time, but you follow by following, you do have to deal with some rules put down by the NC2A that sometimes make absolutely no sense. Now, Many of you are very critical of the NCAA for the ruling, for the way that they govern um, in some odd way college football with the rules, even though they really don't have the governance. Really weird situation. But many of you have been very, very critical of the NCAA for numerous reasons. You don't like the transfer rule, then they changed it. You didn't like it, I yell, and I yelled, now they changed it. You don't like this. You don't like that. You don't like how players aren't getting paid. And you don't like how uh, you want everybody to have a full ride scholarship. Okay, great. We'll talk more about NIL specifically with a company that's going to assist athletes like those at Ohio State to capitalize on their name, image, and likeness. 98 Strong is a company. We'll hear all about them and what they're doing to help athletes tomorrow. Many of you are critical. I am critical in my own right for maybe different reasons than you, but we are we can all be critical of certain things. I'm critical of things 
all around the country, all around my community, all around my job. I am just a I'm critical, not in a bad sense, but I, there's always ways you can improve things because I am yet to I have yet to find something, someone that is perfect in every single way. Everyone, myself included, can improve in different areas that we do. When it comes to the rules, when it comes to the following of the rules that you really don't like, it's really difficult. And one of them is the limitations that happen during practice. Now, some of you may have noticed that yesterday there was a report that came out. I'm just going to read you the headline from this uh, little post from 24-7 Sports. Uh, it's about the, the Nebraska Cornhuskers, another team in the Big Ten footprint, the Big Ten conference. Uh, this headline reads, reads, Nebraska and Scott Frost are under NCAA investigation for improper use of analysts and consultants. One, I don't believe they're the first team to do so. I, number two, I don't think they'll be the last thing to do so. Go down south. No name specific, no team specific. But go down south and then tell me that, they aren't, that they're following that rule to a T, and I'll leave it at that. But that's a rule right there with Nebraska where you're saying, well, how are they utilizing the analysts? How are they utilizing the consultants? Is it really that blatant? Is it really that bad what they're doing? Is the NCAA overstepping their, their guidance and overstepping their rule? What is going on? And if you're a football coach and there's a reason why every single year people like myself and maybe even you will look at the football and say, yeah, tackling game one was bad. Tackling game two was bad. Tackling, I know we're playing a lesser opponent, but tackling game three was bad. Why is it so bad to start the season? The NCAA does not allow people to tackle and to hit as much as they would like. They put restrictions on how often you could be in full pads, how often you could be in the soft upper padding. There's a there's a new newer technology. Not sure how long it's been around. I'm sure it's been on for the past few years. But you have your regular shoulder pads, and then you have a softer. Shell padding, I believe, which is still shoulder. It goes over your shoulders, but it's just more soft shell protection. So just in case if you hit somebody or ding somebody, uh, you're not tackling people with those, but it's more protection while on the football field. Then there were times where you're just wearing your helmet. That's it. Now, Ohio State does wear the tighter pant things, uh, compression style length, uh, sometimes that short on the leg. They're not pants. Um Football, they're football pants, but they're not your football pants with the pads in them. But if you're Ryan Day at Ohio State, if you're Kerry Coombs at Ohio State, if you're Matt Barnes or Al Washington or Larry Johnson, and you know the importance of tackling, you know the importance of being able to tackle a moving target, you know the importance of the read and react game, and you know the importance of, yeah, we can do two-hand touch at some point, we can thud at some point, but there is a time... We need to hit people and tackle people. Now, I'm not saying tackle people and take their heads off. I'm not going that far. I don't want anybody on Ohio State to ever get hurt. I know injuries are a part of the game. I don't want anybody ever to ever get hurt. My, you, me, anybody. No, I don't want anybody to get hurt. I, I, I wish there was no injuries. I, I, I wish there was a, no ailments. Nothing is a part of the game. And the NCAA is saying we're going to restrict how much you can hit people in the preseason practice. Ryan A's already stated this is not why don't they let us govern and let us run and police our own practice? Do they not trust us? Are they really erring on the side of caution? There's a reason why in the beginning of the season in the NFL and in college and maybe even your local high school area, you may see more injuries at the beginning 
because players are not used to not just that level, not that play consistently, but the hitting. You're not able to simulate that hitting, simulate or do any hitting like that on a consistent basis based off the rules and regulations to limit you or that limit you in practice in the name of safety. I am a person that firmly believes if somebody goes in and barely hits and barely does any of the traditional or the things you need to prepare your body, physical body, for the football season, they are more likely to get injured early than that person that properly prepares their body, the hitting-wise, getting the building up those calluses on their body for the football season. Nebraska, the Cornhuskers, they got hit for something that I don't believe they're the first to do, will not be the last, just like the improper benefits that impermissible benefits that, that get handed out all the time. The bag man, uh, bag man more is more of a basketball term. Uh, the shoe guy that's at these AAU tournaments that, you know, <laughs> money keeps flowing. Or I, I think, of, think of the bag man. Now you may have heard about the University of Tennessee and the offseason getting hit for handing money to athletes in McDonald's bag, a new term and a new definition to the bag man. But there are rules, some you like. Some you dislike, some that are beneficial for the football. Some of them are not beneficial to breeding the best football all season long. The lack of hitting, the restrictions on the tackling, the restrictions on the hitting in practice, giving you specific numbers about how often or how much you need to be in full pads. You can only be in full pads this much. You can only do the little shell things this much. The others, you got to be in helmets. Is it really beneficial for the players to be restrictive like that? There was a time when things weren't this restrictive, and the football was actually really good all year long. Was it a problem at all? More technology, more information. Is it beneficial? I do believe there's a there's an era in a brand of information overload. This is all speculation, all opinion. But for any coach out there, no matter if you're the coach at UConn, Ohio State, Texas, you, um, Louisiana Lafayette, the Raging Cajun, no matter where you're the football coach at. If you're under the NCAA's guidance and they have these rules, you have to follow them or infractions and uh, violations and punishment will be handed down. Nobody wants to get punished. Nobody wants to get in trouble. But the NCAA, if we, if they're, if with these rules, there's a good possibility, a really good possibility of there being bad tackling, missed tackles, poor tackling early in the season. Is it going to happen? I don't know. We got to wait and see what happens against Minnesota, against Oregon, against Tulsa, against Akron. Based off these rules, it's very possible. Tackling and form could be pretty poor to open the season. Let's step away very quickly one more time. When we come back, we'll be joined by your boy Q, the host of Locked on Raiders, as we continue our Buckeye road trip around the NFL. Today, it's all about Damon Arnett. And, man, let me tell you, your boy Q goes off as soon as we start talking about Mr. Arnett. But first, check this out. Bet online. It's the fastest, e- fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC slash MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and even contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to BetOnline.ag on your laptop or mobile device to sign up today. And when you do, make sure 
you use that friendly promo code locked on and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? Is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. And joining us now here on Locked on Buckeyes, it is your boy Q continuing our Buckeye road trip around the NFL. He is the host of Locked on Raiders. Q, welcome back to the show. Hey, man, I appreciate you. Anytime you have me on, man, I definitely appreciate it. It's always a lot of fun get, uh, catching up with you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, it is. We hit Jonathan Hankins. But now the youngest of the three Buckeyes that are on the Raiders. I, I want to say Oakland so bad. I got to get used <laughs> to this Vegas thing. But it's David Arnett. I know that I was on your show recently, and you were talking about, uh, or maybe like a few months ago, just talking about yeah. like Arnett and David Arnett, that is, and how he played last year, uh, what, what's going on. And I, I'm not a big NFL guy. I follow the Colts. That's about it. So I'll try, I'm doing more to try to follow Buckeye players. But I've heard that there's something interesting going on with Damon Arnett. Could you please fill us in on what is going on there in Vegas, his play, training camp, everything involved? Well, I'll tell you, man, it's a big mystery. You know, it's a big question. I think it's a million-dollar question. What is going on with Damon Arnett? His rookie year wasn't very good. You know, he was injured. He came in injured. He had uh, he got COVID. Uh, he had multiple concussions. Uh, he was he was small. He as far as it, he didn't have uh, a lot of muscle mass on him. But I mean, he went in with a wrist injury. So as he told us the other day in a media session, and I'll say this: he's a very entertaining guy. Uh, he, he went to the podium and he was very entertaining. And uh, I felt like he was every bit South Florida uh, when I saw him. And it was, it was pretty <laughs> funny. But I mean, with, with that being said, he's a guy who, you know, a former first round draft pick has a lot of expectations. But right now in, tra in training camp, he's running with the twos. You know, he's not he's not a starter right now in camp. Now, that doesn't mean he's not going to be a starter. It just means he hasn't earned that job right now. He's got the veteran Casey Hayward in front of him and helping him learn that uh, Gus Bradley scheme. And Gus Bradley normally runs a cover three type scheme. But Damon Arnett's really more of a man press corner where that's where he excels. But with that being said, he's got to get stronger. He's got to be bigger. So he put 12 pounds of weight on of muscle on this offseason. He looks like he's bigger. Uh, he even flexed in front of us the other day saying somebody asked him, like, hey, man, you look like you're bigger. And he's like, yeah, I'm hitting the weights. You know, he started flexing on us. And he said last year with my wrist injury, I didn't do any weight work any everything I did was bands and agility so it was all just you know it, was, it, it, it wasn't the real iron it wasn't really you know being able to do that because of his wrist injury so he he has a lot more weight and he feels a lot more confident 
He's got to find a way to stay on the field. You know, when he goes in there, he's never afraid to tackle. The thing is, it's like a love-hate relationship with Damon Arnett. You know what I mean? Like, I could talk about him for hours because I see the ability. I look at him and say, this dude's got it. This dude's got it. He's a dog. He's one of those guys that he'll he'll put his head in there and go get the tackle. He's not he's not one of those corners that are afraid of contact. He's he's not that guy. But also when he goes in there and tackles, he'll tackle with his head and then he'll get concussions and then he's out. So, I mean, you know what I mean? It's like you've got to figure out how to stay onto the field. So that's one of Damon Arnett's biggest issues. He's also got to learn the scheme. You know, there's multiple times last season where uh, you could see he was lost in that cover three scheme or, or he lost in zone coverage. And so now, uh, you know, he's got to figure it out how to actually be a factor in this defense. But I think once he gets on the field, I think he's going to be a really good player. I, I mean, I just I see it. You know, the, for example, Gary on Conley. Couldn't stand him. I could not stand him. From the minute that they drafted him, I was like, this is not going to work. He's not that guy. He just seemed like, I don't know. He just seemed like he wasn't He wasn't that dude. And, well, you look, a, a few years later, where's he at? I mean, you know, he's, he went to Houston. Uh, I don't think he's on a roster right now. But, oh, with that being, yeah, with that being said, it's like, David Arnett's not that guy. David Arnett, you can see he's got it in him. He's just got to... He's just got to put it together. So I think with uh, Ron Milas, the new defensive back coach there with the Raiders, I think that's really going to help him grow up. Uh, you know, he said the other day that he had a lot of uh, issues on and off the field last year. Said he had a lot of things that uh, he had to take to people that actually were in his corner and he trust and and could help him through it. So he said he's in a better place mentally as well. And I don't I don't get into a guy's personal business. I I could appreciate and respect the fact that he said that that was a factor into the way he played in twenty in twenty twenty his rookie year. But now it's like, okay, now that that's out of the way, now that you're bigger, now that you're healthy, now that you have better coaching, now you got to do it. The question, my biggest question for you, Jay, is how does he get on the field? When does he get on the field? Once he gets there, I think he'll be fine. I just don't know how he's going to get on there where because he's not a starter right now. It's going to be Casey Hayward and Trayvon Mullen to start things off with. Maybe in preseason, you know, maybe he'll he'll earn his spot. Maybe in training camp, he'll show the coaches. But I just, I, I, I don't know what role he plays and, and, you know, in the meantime, in between time, how he gets on the field. You know, Q, you think you're talking about getting on the field and trying to make a mark. The one way that I think he could do it, and it's not on defense, it's more specials. you yeah. got to find a way to cement yourself on the team. We talk about yep. all the time with special teams being a very vital part. You got you get guys that are there. I mean, think about it. Devin Hester. If Devin Hester's not on special teams, we don't right. talk about him even at Miami. But then right. he gets to the NFL, he yep. runs a kickoff back at the Super Bowl. The Bears suck. They, well, they, were, they got the Super Bowl, but that team really right. wasn't that good. Right. But we talk about Devin Hester because of special teams. David Arnett, not as special as Devin Hester in the return game. I don't think he's ever returned to kick in college or the, or the NFL. But if you're going to get, like, say, gunner side or do something yeah. in special teams to make your mark on this team, to force the coaches to be like, look, he's killed it in specials. We, he was an early-round pick. We got to find a way to get him on the defense. He's healthier. He's bigger. I'm a pusher as well. People on this podcast know I am very, very big on physical look as a player. Right. Ryan Day talked about how last year during COVID when the players went home, but then they came back, their mental state looked better, like looked better two months later versus when they first returned because right. they looked healthier. They were smiling. Even mentioned they were getting haircuts once again. Like all <laughs> the little things in the mentals that we don't that we lose track of. Yeah. Ryan Day talked about how the players looked healthier because they looked more full, filled out as an individual in their body. Right. David Arnett and that little physical element, the wrist thing there, I think that's something that people look look past. Yeah. You say, yeah, it's a wrist injury. I was going to ask you, why didn't he have the body weight? But you mentioned the wrist injury. And so it all makes sense why he was a little bit smaller. Now you're putting on weight, which you didn't carry last year. Right. you got to figure out how to play with that weight. 
make a cement yourself on the special teams and make sure that the coaches know you're getting better. You're learning the scheme. You're the ability that you're seeing Q is there. And he has to find the little things that these yep. guys off the street are doing. Damon Arnett has to put those into his game queue so that he keeps his roster spot and make sure he gets an extension with the Raiders. Without a doubt, you know, you hit it on the head. And, and John Gruden likes him. John Gruden likes him a lot. You know, he, he came in and uh, he was joking with Damon Arnett. He even said, I'm going to sit in the back of the room and, and, get, and hit him with some questions myself. I mean, <laughs> they, they, they see eye to eye. And it's funny, uh, he was asked about John Gruden, what he thinks about him. He's like, oh, I love that guy. And he's like, we both have screws loose. He's like, I think I have more screws loose than he does, but we both have screws yeah, loose. That's yeah. why we get along. You know, so I can appreciate Damon Arnett being real about that like that and just, you know, being, you know, down the earth. And uh, I, I, he has a role on the team for sure. Ron Milas, the defensive back coach, he likes him a lot. He said he's had a good camp. Again, he just got to get out there and do it and show that he belongs out there. I think that Casey Hayward's going to start, but I think that at some point when Damon Arnett is ready, I think they're going to say, you know what, now we'll pass the torch on to him. Last year, they just put him out there day one, and I think that was a mistake. And I think they realized that was a mistake. They needed a veteran in front of them to kind of guide him at first. But once he gets out there, man, I, I really believe sky's the limit for this dude. He really can go get it done. He's just he's just got to go put it all together. So uh, he's one of the guys that I definitely believe in, and I look forward to uh, seeing what he's doing in the preseason and also what he's doing you know, early on in the regular season how he earns his way, how he earns the trust of the coaches, because that's what it's about, too. You got to go out there and show that you know what you're doing and earn the trust of the coaching staff, because then sky's the limit. They'll believe in you. So I, I think he's got it, though. He, he's got the tools. He's just got to put them together. Last question for you very quickly, if you can. Do you think he puts it together? I do. I really do. I, like I said, I don't think he starts the season a, as a starter, but I think by, you know, by midway or even, you know, week five, I think he's entrenched as a starter. So, yeah, I think Damon Arnett's going to be in for a really good second year in the NFL. That's good to hear, Q. This is this has been fun. Two down, one more to go. Once again, if you could let everybody know where they can catch you on Twitter and where, also where they can catch your show as well. Well, uh, you can find me on Twitter at your boy Q254, Locked On Raiders podcast. It's up every single day about 12.15 in the morning, Pacific Standard Time. Uh, I put out that link every single day, and you can find my podcast anywhere that you can get a podcast. You know you can find podcasts everywhere. And apparently, uh, you mentioned the haircut. I got to go get a haircut, so you're going to find me in the barbershop, too. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you can't go wrong. I got to stay on schedule. Q, it's had yes. this fun. One more guy to hit. Thank you for coming on Locked on Buckeyes, man. I really appreciate sure. it. Appreciate you.